And Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. It's good to be here with you all on this second Sunday of Easter. I want to talk to you today about this gospel reading from John and look at Thomas and the resurrected Christ. And the big idea for us today is blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You see, the scriptures are given to us so that we might meet Christ and, believe, and become believers and members of God's family. The Gospel of John was written to give us an encounter with Jesus so that the reader may come to believe in Jesus and participate in the life of Christ. This reading today is kind of broken up into Jesus appears to the disciples, he blows on them, he breathes on them, the Holy Spirit... Thomas is absent. Thomas does not believe when the other disciples tell him. And then Jesus appears again, and Thomas now believes. And we also learn the purpose of John's gospel in the concluding couple of verses. So the disciples had gathered. They're probably talking about the events of the day. Jesus is not in the tomb. People are talking. And they've gotten together probably wondering what's going on exactly. And then Jesus shows up. Now, why does he be appear before the disciples? Well, John tells us his purpose. He says, Jesus said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus comes to give us peace, a purpose, and the power of the Holy Spirit. If you look back in John chapter 14, it says this, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know, peace is a very desirable trait at this time. The disciples are probably wondering what is going on. The tomb is empty. They haven't seen Jesus yet. They know what he said, that he was going to rise on the third day. But they're wait, they were waiting. And this is a peace that only Jesus can give. I think when I look at us today and the world today, it's a mess. There's not a lot of peace. There's a lot of unrest. There's a lot of hurriedness. There's so much going on. And this is the peace that we need, the peace that only Christ can give us. And this peace is really a gift to us in the resurrection so Jesus says that, peace be with you. And then he gives them their commission. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. He's sending them now. He's letting them know that they're going to continue on his ministry. This is coming. And then he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now you may question here, if Jesus gives the Holy Spirit here, what happened on Pentecost? Well, I think the short version for what's happening here is he's talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit can often be called the sealing of the Spirit. It's a mark of ownership. It's a sign that we belong to Christ. This happens when we accept and believe in Jesus. And in this account, I believe he is breathing on the Spirit on them in order to prepare them for ministry, to begin their ministry to others. And of course, the disciples are really glad. 
Jesus is back. What he's told them is true. And he's here. And now he comes and now they have peace because they have seen their risen Savior. And then we have Thomas. Thomas isn't there. And so the disciples tell Thomas when they see him what's going on. And Thomas is just not going for it. He doesn't, he's not going to believe unless he can see him. And see, I think Thomas, we give a hard time to doubting Thomas. But Thomas is really a good guy. And because of Thomas, we get more in this reading. We get more in this gospel reading because Thomas is questioning it. Thomas is doubting it. And see, all of us have to make a decision if we're going to believe in and follow Christ or are we going to go our own way. No one can decide for us, no matter how much they invest in us. Ultimately, we have to make that decision. I like Thomas because he's very straightforward and honest. If you go back to this reading, which probably is familiar from John 14, the gospel reading that we read at most of the funerals that we have here, it says this, it says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. But Thomas, but Thomas, said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, we need Thomas there questioning Jesus when he says, you know the way. I'm sure the other disciples are like those students in class when the teacher says, does everyone understand this? And it's just silent in the room. And no one says anything because I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to look like the one that doesn't know what's going on. But then there's that student that speaks up, Thomas in this case, that says, uh, I don't know, how do, we, how do we get there, Jesus? And so we get this wonderful verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life because of Thomas questioning him. We need that person. And I always go back to that, thinking of, you know, in class when people do that and all the other students are going, whew, thank God, because I had no idea what the guy was talking about. And this was probably one of those instances that it was the same way for the rest of the disciples. You see, Thomas wasn't willing to believe until he saw Jesus. And sometimes I think we're unwilling to believe even when we sit in church and we read our Bibles because we know if we accept Christ and totally believe in him, our lives are going to be turned upside down. Because we're no longer our own when we accept Christ. We belong to him. And we have to do his will and go in his direction for our lives, even when it's really hard. Even when it goes against everything in us. And I think sometimes that's a big obstacle and that caused doubt. Because do I want to give up what I want to do with my life? And so that's where the doubt sets in, I think, a lot of times for us. You know, when I look at Thomas in this instance, and I think if I had been Jesus in there, I probably would have given Thomas a really hard time going, I spent all this time with you, I've invested in you, and you're saying you have to see me, you don't believe the testimony of the other disciples? 
And yet Jesus doesn't do that. Thomas gets a little rebuke, just a little one, when he says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. It's a little rebuke, but Jesus is very gentle. He meets Thomas where he is, and he'll meet us where we are in our doubts and in our struggles. And so we have to believe in the one that we have not physically seen. And why do we believe? We believe because of the scriptures. We believe what the scriptures say to be true because the Holy Spirit has given us not only faith in Christ, but faith in those scriptures. Because this is how we get to know Jesus. In 2 Corinthians, it says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And isn't that the truth? That I really don't have to see the risen Christ physically here to love him or for him to love me. I don't have to have a vision of him. I don't even have to have him appear to me in any way. Because I have the scriptures, and the scriptures are the true inspired words of God. This physical appearance of Thomas, as personal as it was for him, is really not just for Thomas. It's for all of us who read these scriptures. Because we have a risen Christ. And we have a risen Christ whom we can love and he loves us. Whom we believe in. Whom we experience in our lives on a daily basis. Who has transformed, has transformed us so that we can live our lives differently. Our lives should be different because of what happened on Easter last week. Because of the risen Christ, we should be changed. And we should be living different. And yet sometimes we're so much like Thomas. Sometimes we're so much like Thomas. And that may be because we live in a very skeptical age. We feel like few people tell the truth. And even fewer expect to be told the truth. Social media offers us fake news. Politicians lie. Everyone seems to have an agenda. Truth simply doesn't matter. And so in a culture like this, how could we possibly believe in a God that we can't see? You know, yesterday I was home and I was, I was sick, so I was sitting on the couch and I'm, I'm just watching TV, something I, I rarely do anymore. And so I'm watching this show that someone told me I just had to watch because it's kind of a mystery type show and all of this. And so it's, as I'm watching it, I was thinking about this, this, this piece of truth of truth in the world because the guy had parents that pretty much disowned him and had issues and and he goes on and the guy that raised him didn't take that good care of him so he didn't really have trust issues from that and later on in life his girlfriend doesn't do him right in his mind and so he breaks up with her and then there's another girl involved and eventually he's telling one of the girls he goes how can I trust you how can I trust you? And see, a lot of it was on his mind. He'd come up with all this stuff in his mind that was his truth because his truth became his truth and her truth became her truth and there was really no truth in it anymore. And as I was watching that, I was thinking about this sermon and I thought, that's pretty much the world that we live in today. That's pretty much what it is today is that I come up with my own truth and say, that's it. And I believe based on that. But there is truth for us as Christians, and it's found in this book. It's found in this book, and we need to be spending time in it. 
I also want to point out that we need to remember that seeing does not equal believing necessarily. As I was thinking about this and doing the readings, I thought of how many people saw Jesus. How many people saw Jesus while he was here on earth, and what did they want to do to him? What did we hear time and time again? They were plotting to kill him. So here you have Jesus, and they're plotting to kill him. They don't believe in him. They just want him out of here. He's messing up their agenda. He's messing up their plans. Thousands of people saw the miracles. There was 5,000-plus women and children at the feeding and in the end, what happened? They were probably some of the ones crying out, crucify him at the crucifixion. They saw Jesus. They saw what he did, and yet they still said, crucify him. So if seeing does not equal believing, you know, how can I believe? Well, it says in Romans 10, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing. If you look back and think about that from Romans, you see uh, with the woman at the well, the Samaritan, after Jesus and her had the encounter and she goes back, it says, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed two more days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we had heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. They heard, yes, they saw Jesus, but they actually heard what he had to say. They heard why he was here. Faith comes through hearing. I was talking to someone on Friday, and we were, I was talking to them about what I was preaching on, and they were saying, you know, they were looking at their own life then, and they were saying, well, I heard it from my parents. I got some of the scriptures at a young age, but I, I heard from my parents. I had a little exposure to the Bible. I had an encounter where I heard from God, didn't realize it for numerous years until they really got into it and started studying their Bible and took ownership of their own faith. But it started with hearing. It started with hearing from their parents. And so that's a big thing for us, it's the testimony, it's being passed down generation upon generation, all of this, and hearing. So we may not see Jesus physically, but we have the scriptures and the testimony that's being passed down to us. And so Jesus offers that incredible promise near the end of this reading today that said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Do we believe that? Do we believe that we are so blessed, even though we haven't seen him. I think sometimes as we look at our own lives and the struggles we go through, we begin to say, if only I could see Jesus, if only I could see him, if we could physically have a conversation, it'd make all the difference. But I wonder if that would really solve the problems. Or if Jesus were to come back and physically appear, we'd still have doubts because we'd be saying, Jesus, why are you doing this to us? I want to hear this. I want to hear why you're not doing it my way. And so I don't know if he was physically here, if it would solve the problem of unbelief to say. Because it didn't solve the problem of unbelief when he came. There was still so many people that wouldn't believe even though they were seeing all that he was doing within his ministry. But hearing the word of Christ really makes a difference. And hearing it 
and reading it and studying it through the scriptures and letting the Holy Spirit reveal it to us makes all the difference in our lives. You know, when we struggle, so often we start turning into people and saying, what's going on? Why is this happening? We need to be people that start to turn to the scriptures. We need to be people that turn to prayer. Yes, it's good to have people that are walking with us and we're turning to and we're walking through our struggles with and having that accountability person. But it doesn't seem like turning to the scriptures is our first initial thought. It kind of comes last. We're willing to, to read about stuff or go see the psychiatrist or go do all these things, but we need to be turning back to Jesus and the scriptures. I think that's so important. We've just come out of the season of Lent, of preparation for Jesus' coming. And so we take on things, maybe. We take on reading our Bible on a regular basis because we've taken the devotionals that we offered here at church. But then Lent comes to an end, and we have, have Easter Sunday and the resurrection, and we go back to living our lives the normal way. That season of preparation should be continuing on this past week. If you took on reading the Bible, you should still be reading your Bible. And yet so often we let that go because we say, eh, eh. I got through Lent. I made it through those 40 days of doing what I said I was going to do. I did it pretty well. That needs to continue on in our lives moving forward. If we're really going to see change, if we're really going to see the transformed life, it can't stop on Easter, Sunday, and say, he's resurrected, I'm going back. Hallelujah. It needs to continue on these things. You know, I love this quote from C.S. Lewis that says, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. You know, C.S. Lewis had an encounter with Jesus because of the scriptures, because of other people that impacted his life. He came to know him. And as a result of that, he began to see it clearly. He began to see Jesus as clear as the sun rising. And that changed everything for him. It changed how he lived because he saw everything through the lens of Christ. And the only way for us to do that is to be turning to the scriptures. Because our faith really rests on those who were witnesses to the resurrected Christ and talked about it and wrote it down. You know, in this reading we had today from 1 Peter, it said, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Are we rejoicing even when we don't see him? Are we rejoicing even when the hard times come? Are we rejoicing because we know what happened on Easter was real, because the scriptures tell us so? Does that impact our lives? Even when we feel like we're just walking by ourselves, are we still rejoicing in knowing that Jesus died for our sins and is walking with us on a daily basis? Or do we struggle to rejoice because we think if we could just see him, if he could just give us this sign, if he could just show up in some different way? I really liked what this article from the Gospel Coalition said that someone had wrote. They said, I'd like to see Jesus too. I'd like to gaze on his face to learn the contour of his chin and the color of his eyes. I'd like to hear his voice with physical ears. I'd like to touch his hands and worship at his feet. Thankfully today, today's verse speaks to everyone born too late to be either 
at the manger or at the tomb. We haven't seen our Savior face to face, but Jesus says we are blessed. Are we daily running to the scriptures? And that's what I really want to hit on this ser- in this homily is that we need to be running to the scriptures. It's easy to say our New Year's resolution is, oh, as Christians, we're going to read our Bibles more. It's easy to say at Lent, we're going to study the scriptures more. And then it's easy at Advent to say it again. And then the rest of the year, we just go about living our lives. We have to get in the word. This is the most important thing. And I think the other thing we have to be careful of is it's easy to run to other books that wrote about the scriptures. Those are good. They help us understand. That's wonderful. But we need to be turning to the scriptures because how often, and I'm guilty of this, do we run to read the latest book that's come out and we say, this is great. And it does. It helps offer insight. But then we fail to pick up our Bible during it. We fail to read what Jesus actually said. And the prophets actually said, and all these people actually said because we're too worried about what other people are saying. That's good, that's great, but we need to be a people that turn to the scriptures daily. We need to be running to this. We need to be running to Jesus because it's going to change. Things aren't going to get easier in this country or in this world. They're just not. Because people aren't turning to the Bible, they're turning to what makes me feel good. They're turning to their own truth. And we need to be different as people that say we follow Christ. And yet sometimes we get so worked up about the things of this world, you know what, I just expect it to be this way. I just expect it to be this way now. I don't want it to be this way. But I want to be someone that's running into the scriptures so that I can stand firm and combat what's going on in the world and stand up and speak up. That's what we have to be, people that are going to stand and speak. And the only way for us to do that is we have to know what's in this book or we're going to get run over. There's just no way about it. We're going to get run over. And I think as I went through that Lenten season, that's one of the big things that I really thought of is how we really have to be people that are deeply, intimately involved in spiritual things of following Jesus on a daily basis. I love what it says at the end of Revelations. It says, he who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming. We are going to get to have that physical encounter with Jesus. He is coming. And are we preparing for it? Are we preparing ourselves for the coming of Christ or are we living life how we want to live it? Because I hope for us we're different and that we're eagerly anticipating that day, but we're also eagerly eagerly reading our scriptures daily, eagerly rejoicing in what God has sent us each day through the struggles and through the good. I hope we're eagerly running to these things and glorifying God in them. Because I hope we're a people that's really in this church that's known for scripture and prayer. That's what I want us to be known for at Christ the King, a people that really, truly worship Jesus. Because that's where we need to be. That is where we need to be. Because he is coming again. And as the rest of that verse says in Revelations, it says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.